Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Welcome back to a day of prayers morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us and be a part of our family. Before we get into the word, LaCharles, can you please pray for us? Yes. Well, I just invite your Holy Spirit into our midst, Lord. And just thank you for what you have been doing in our lives, Lord, and what you have always been doing, Lord, when we, even when we can't see it, Lord. Lord, also just thank you for the insight and revelation that you continue to give your saints, Lord, so that way they can continue to grow in you, Lord, and to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And welcome. We are back and continuing our study in the book of Daniel. Dean, I want to welcome you, brother. We are, again, blessed and honored to have you with us. Study the Word together. So. As always, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Always welcome. Mm-hmm. All right, so we are continuing our study, like I said, Daniel chapter 8. Could I get a volunteer to read the first 14 verses, please? I will. All right, promise. Go for it. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, to me, Daniel. <coughs> Sorry. It's okay. After the one that appeared to me in the first time, the first time, I saw in the vision, and it happened so while I was looking, that I was in Shushan, the Shushan, the Kedadite Citadel, mm-hmm. which is by the province of Elam. And I saw in the vision that I was by the river of Ula. Then I lifted my eyes and saw there standing beside the river was a ram which had two horns, and two horns were high. But one was higher than the other, and the higher one came up last. I saw the ram pushing westward, northward, and southward, so that no animal could withstand him. Nor was there any that could deliver him from can, that could deliver from his hand. But he did according to his will, and became great. And I was considering, and as I was considering, suddenly a male goat came from the west across the surface of the whole earth, without touching the ground. And the goat had a noble horn between his eyes. That when he came to the man which had two horns, that I had seen standing beside the water. And ran at him with furious power. And I saw him confronting the ram. He was moved with rage against him. He attacked the ram and broke his two horns. There's no power in the ram to withstand him. But he cast him down to the ground and trampled him. And there was no one that could deliver the ram from his hand. Therefore, the male goat grew very great, but when he became strong, the large horn was broken, and in place of it, four noble ones came before, came upward towards the four ones of heaven, and out one of them came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great towards the south, towards the east, and, glor- and towards the glorious land. And it grew up to the most heaven, to the host. The host of heaven. The host of heaven. And it cast down some of the hosts and some of the stars on to the ground, and he trampled them. He even exalted himself as high as the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifices were taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. Because of transgression, an army was given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices, and he cast truth down to the ground. He did all this and prospered. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another one, and another holy one saying, said to that certain one who was speaking, How long will the vision be concerning the daily sacrifices and transgressions of desolation, the giving of the, both the sanctuary and host to be trampled underfoot? And he said to me, For 2,300 two days. Then the sanctuary will be cleansed. Hmm. Uh, Might continue reading. 
No, not right now. So we're going to pause there. And we're going to discuss some things. And then we're going to continue. All right? And again, much in the same way, let's... We're not looking so much to do an end time study of prophecy, even though there is much prophecy <coughs> contained in the book. Mm-hmm. We are studying this in this way, and that is to understand the Lord and his nature and character. So our relationship with him can grow deeper as we choose to live in what he says and to walk out our relationship with him. All right? Okay. So, I'll open the floor. Who wants to share what the Holy Spirit's revealing to them or any questions that they have? I'll go first. Okay, I promise. Go for it. I kind of found it interesting that this goat, and it had a little horn. Like, it got mentioned again. Okay. What about it, sir? I just got found it interesting that it kept getting mentioned. Up. It got mentioned in both instances. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of a theme going here. Yes. Okay. So what does the last verse in chapter seven state? It says I'll, I'll just read it. So chapter seven, verse twenty. It says, "This is the end of the account." As for me, Daniel. My thoughts greatly troubled me, and my countenance changed. But I kept the matter in my heart. So the statement about keeping the matter in his heart. You see this in the New Testament as well, talking about Mary, Jesus' mother, right? Yes. And it says how the angel of the Lord ministered to her about who her son, Jesus, is and was and is. Right? Yes. And it says that she kept all these things in her heart, which means, which is another way to state that she meditated on it. She pondered them. So if we look at what, again, as you pointed out, Promise, what's happening here is as he's, Daniel that is, is choosing to, to meditate on these things, to consider them, and to allow the Holy Spirit to to teach him. That's exactly what we're seeing here. He's reintroducing, if you will, or that is the Lord is continuing to talk and minister to Daniel about this. It's not just a one-time thing. But as we set our hearts, our affections towards the Lord, and aim and purpose to know him and his ways and what he is saying to us, clearly and accurately, he will continue to teach us. He will minister to us until we have understanding. It wasn't just a a one-time thing. Daniel sought out to understand. And you see this is a, oh, maybe you haven't seen it yet, but you will see, especially by the end of this book, that this is a habit or a pattern that Daniel has made in his life. He seeks and sets out to know completely, to understand what the Lord's message is. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Okay. Anyone else? Mm-hmm. Oh, you got your continuum? Go ahead, sir. Yes. <laughs> and I also found it interesting that with the goat and the <coughs> fourth beast that they both like to trample stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's another theme, huh? Yes. Did you expect different behavior? No. Why? Why or why not? Because they're the same thing. Okay. And like we were talking about the last devotional, that the devil doesn't try to use different tactics. He uses the ones that he already knows that are successful. Jesus mentioned that too, right? And he says, can a bad tree produce good fruit? Or can a leopard change his spots? The answer is no. Right? There's there's consistency. 
if you will, right? We should be consistent in doing good, that is living righteously and justly, right? Being perfect because uh, our Father is perfect, right? But you see the same thing of Satan, right? There's consistency. The Father of lies is constantly doing evil, right? Yes. Even though he poses himself as an angel of light, there is no good thing in him. So, why would we expect there to be something good, if you will, that comes from the evil one? All right, and the same with sin nature. Why would we expect something good to come out of sin? Whether it's the little horn or the goat, or what, right? It had chosen destruction. And the other thing that uh, we didn't bring this up last time kind of talked about it offhand afterward was about the little horn and the little horn had the loudest voice it was the one screaming all these boastful and um what's the word they used pompous things yes and then you had all these other king or kings or horns that were bigger than the little one but they chose to give their power to the little one i think that's significant we should be aware of things that are screaming the loudest and give, uh, I'll say, due place. And by that, I mean actually look at it in a spiritual realm to understand, one, where it's coming from, and two, what the end goal or result is. I guess, like we were saying in the last teaching or the last Bible study, we've been given power and authority in Christ. Are we going to retain that? Are we going to take our place and our seat? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to give that power away? Mm-hmm. Any questions or comments? No. Did everyone understand all that? Yes. Yeah. Any other comments or anything anyone else wants to share? Well, I think, you know, you talk about giving it away. I think sometimes we uh, grow weary, mm-hmm. right? Um and the enemy really likes that, right? If we grow weary, um, we start questioning, did God really say that? Did God really mean that? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And this is a good place to be um, reminded of how Daniel uh, responds. So if we look at, um, go back to uh, chapter 7, verse 1, in the first year of Belshazzar, and then mm-hmm. we move to chapter 8, in the third year of King Belshazzar. So two years have passed, right? Daniel is still... Contemplating this thing, the Lord is still speaking to him. Absolutely. Either showing him something, showing him he wants to tell others, ministering to him, whatever. And then without going into Daniel 10, but we, we look in Daniel 10, 12, 14. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard and I have come. So this is in reference to the delay and the answer coming to him in that. So... There is some component that Daniel can teach us in not growing weary while we wait, because obviously he waited lots of time mm-hmm. to to understand the depth or meaning or whatever that God was sharing with him, or God chose to um, allow that to, uh, to ruminate in him mm-hmm. so that it could fully develop in him, and that he knew that it would take time to do that. But in our impatience, we try to push that along. And that's just a place we really have to be careful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And he waited, as you were pointing out, he waited for the Lord for time, many times. All right? This was uh, talked about two years. And this is, again, we've kind of rewinded a little bit. Both of these happened under Belshazzar's reign. Mm-hmm. And in chapter 6, we were talking about the reign of Darius and how Darius had taken over the kingdom of Belshazzar. So the Lord's revealing a lot already in this. Now, Daniel doesn't have the full understanding yet, but again, we see the pattern that Daniel put for his life that we need to learn, which is, yes, to wait on the Lord, but then to continually seek him about it. And not at the... um, Because a lot of things happen. Daniel had responsibilities. We know that. Of course, he was appointed as a 
excuse me, as a uh, a governor or a satrap or a governor over some of the satraps, right? So there are daily things that we, in this case Daniel, had to do, but also in our own lives. And they can't come at the expense of just seeking the Lord on the one thing. It has to happen in tandem, right? We have to do both. Seek the Lord, yes. Let him reveal things in his time when he's ready. When or because he knows when we're ready, I'll say it in that way. Mm-hmm. He knows when we're, we're ready to understand. Mm-hmm. It's not a fleeting or passing thing, but we've actually truly set our our affections on the Lord and are ready, willing, and able truly to listen to His voice. Mm-hmm. And something I've learned is that there are just times and seasons with God. This mm-hmm. is how He operates. He has a if if I could put it in natural terms, He puts it on a timeline. And we're supposed to move along the destiny track, hitting the markers that he set for us, being there at an appointed time for an appointed duration, and then we're to move on. And so even if he gives us a glimpse of things, which he, he is committed to do for the, the believer to show us things and to give us information, we can't jump ahead. We were like, okay, God, just take us to Z. Great, we're great, great, Z. You know, we don't even have to get on the journey, just just there. But that's not how our God works. He puts things for an appointed time and season, and he expects us to learn him to be able to understand his timing and when he brings us to a season. So um, the New Testament says, um, in our patience, or in your patience, possess ye your soul. So when we learn to just walk with him, it helps us to also stay in time with him and not get frustrated or become wearied because we want to forge ahead. We want to push things so we can hurry up and get it done when God doesn't operate like that. God is never in a hurry. He's never in a rush. He has an appointed time, and he intends to keep his time because we are on his time. We are here for him, not the other way around. And I mean by that, God is God. <clears throat> whether or not I acknowledge him or even exist. But I cannot exist without him. I have no independence in my being. So because that's the case, it's good for us to take that position, that submissive and submissive position to the Most High God, letting him be who he is and being okay, you know, as, <laughs> as much as he needs our okayness, but still on the inside of us being confident and at peace and content with his plan and his methods. Yes. I thought that was interesting too that we we did do that time jump of we went to Darius and the lion's den and then we came back to talking about the visions that he was getting from the Lord and he's carrying a lot of vision right now. I mean, he's had to go through interpreting interpreting dreams for Nebuchadnezzar and watching that and um, we know he has a, an intercessory life because he's he prays multiple times a day. He has, a, you know, and you can't help but come in the presence of the Lord and get something when you're doing it with a, a genuine heart. You can't help but receive from God because he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Yes. Um, that That's his nature. So he's carrying a lot of word at this time. Mm-hmm. You know, just the various things um, that he went through in those trials and then the hand that wrote on the wall um, that's coming. So just a lot of things going on for Daniel. And, you know, as you said, Dean, it's important that we stay focused on the Lord and stay cheerful in how we perceive him and not get impatient as though things were made to work on our schedule versus, you know, yielding to the greater one, yielding to the most high God and going, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll be okay with how you want to get things done. And I'll wait on you to send the, the fullness of the word or the answer that you've already prepared before beforehand. Well, our impatience, as much as we may not like this, but I believe this is true, our impatience um, is actually showing how we're not in step with God and we're trying to tell God he doesn't know what he's doing and we have a better way. <laughs> you said that well. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you, does everybody remember when Lazarus was sick during Jesus's ministry? Yes. yes. And they sent word, and they're like, "Oh, he's sick! Come on, hurry up! Come now! Come on!" Oh, right. 
Yes. Well, what did Jesus do? He waited till four days after Lazarus had died. Two days? For two days, and then he went to his disciples. He finished the assignment that God had for him in that place. You know, some people think he stalled on purpose. That's not our God. He takes no pleasure in seeing us anguish and in turmoil. He takes no pleasure in us falling. That's not our God. However, our God has a plan, and he's working his plan. We are to cooperate with that. So Jesus finished that assignment because it was necessary. When he got on the cross, he said, it's finished. He didn't say, oh, hold on. I got to get down because I forgot to handle whatever I should have in this place because I left early. Right? Jesus was not out of step for one second. And although the humanity and his loved ones said, oh, to us, in our mind, it's too late. That didn't change the perspective. God had already planned for Lazarus to be where he was supposed to be, as in to live. God had already planned that. So we can have comfort and take refuge in the fact that God knows. That doesn't mean we just sit idly by and we don't um, enforce what God has already said when the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. By no means, but it does mean that we trust. We trust, we trust, we trust. And rest in the Lord our God and what he's coveted, covenanted to do with and for us. So Jesus stayed the time that God asked him to stay, and then he went on and carried out the mission. And if he had rescued him, from, prevented him from dying, how would that have been any different, or who would have been blessed and touched by that versus the great harvest that he received in following the plan and purpose of God? God knew that the enemy was going to steal Lazarus' life. He wasn't surprised by that, right? Yes. But he prepared an answer beforehand, even though this was coming. Okay? Yes. So we as believers, you know, when our loved ones are not feeling well, we have the blood of Jesus Christ, we have the name of Jesus, and we should, I'll say, go to battle, but stand in confidence and stand firm on the territory that God has already given us. Don't You don't relinquish that. You don't go, okay, devil, kill him because God will raise him. Whoa. Stand your ground. and as But as you listen to the Holy Spirit, make room for him mm-hmm. to dictate what happens. What else does anyone have to share? Do you have something, Layla? You can go. Oh, what I found interesting from this section of scriptures, it was just seeing how God gives us insight. He lets us know ahead of time when we're going to encounter trouble or something's going to happen. Even if we don't acknowledge it, God still lets us know. And he doesn't allow us to come to peril or something big to happen without first telling someone. Like when he talked to Abraham when he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, shouldn't I first go talk to my servant Abraham? Uh And even with Noah and the ark, he told Noah before he flooded the earth. He didn't, it's not... The Lord just doesn't go, surprise, gotcha. (laughs) Deal with it. (laughs) He lets us know, even in the small Mm -hmm. things, um, he'll tell you it may seem insignificant in the moment, but he still lets you know he loves you that much that he goes out of his way to tell you. Mm -hmm. And from personal experience, I'm like, Lord, if you don't say it to me, well, then I'm just going to sit right here. And, And... especially in a situation that happened recently, I wanted something because I was being prideful and it wasn't my intention to like shun the Lord, but the Lord was like, Kyla, I told you already, you're not going to get that because you need it for here. And then I didn't get exact, exactly that. And it's, flabbergasting because it was for financial aid for school. I didn't even get a loan, not a single penny and a loan. (laughs) And the Lord was like, I told you, you need the money for, to continue the rest of your education. Don't do that. This is what it's for. And he prevented it from happening because it didn't make any sense whatsoever. But he still, and at the time it was like, it didn't, it seemed no, it would seem so small and insignificant, but the Lord still told me ahead of time and beforehand. So I wasn't caught off guard and I wasn't surprised. And he gave me a way to handle the situation and to overcome it. 
So he cares about how we feel. He wants us to be able to have patience and endure. So he does let us know, like when something is coming in his plan that may not feel pretty per se, but he kind of gives us a a glimpse into what's coming down the road. Like Jesus, he was going to the cross, says um, that he despised the shame and looked for the hope that was set before him. He didn't pay, Mm -hmm. like he understood that he had to go to the cross. We see him in the Garden of Gethsemane going, Lord, if you, I know there's another way, paraphrasing, you know, if there's another way you can take this from me, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done when he was facing the hardship that was coming to him. But also it says that he looked beyond that hardship to see the good that God had. There was, there was some glory. There was some hope. There was something that God wanted to accomplish that this path of going through hard things was going to accomplish. And because he understood that he was able to cooperate with God. And it's so vitally important that believers, we as believers, we cooperate with our heavenly father instead of fighting against him, instead of resisting him. The devil resists God. That's not how his children should treat him and behave. We are supposed to cooperate because agreement is a godly principle, right? Yes. For two or more gathered as touching anything in agreement on anything, he's there in the midst of us. Agreement between us, the body of Christ and our head is vitally important. Could you imagine if your head was going, I want to sit down, but then your body's tap dancing? <laughs> Instead, that what in the world? That would be a dysfunction, correct? Yes. Okay, so God intends for us to agree with him and his will and his plan. So even like with Daniel, God, um, in chapter 7, it was he was preaching the gospel to him because he's showing him the Messiah in verses 13 and 14 of Daniel chapter 7. And even here, you know, God's talking about in verse 14. Um, and he said to me, for 2,300 days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. Like, okay, there's coming a renewal and a restoration of things. Yes, these hard things are coming and they're going to happen, but there's joy mm-hmm. on the other side. And, you know, we, we discussed beforehand that God doesn't just throw a rug over mess. They go, okay, we'll just leave it there. Devil, you're just going to be tormenting things and, you know, causing ruckus throughout eternity. That's okay. I'll just put a rug over it and we just won't act like you're not there. You know, put our blinders on. That's not who our God is. Mm-hmm. And even in our personal lives, no, he doesn't want us to be destroyed. But when we have things in our lives that are detrimental, he wants to deal with them. Humans go, no, it's okay. God, ignore it. Just, just, just I just, I'm, I'm okay. I can, I can live with this rot or this brokenness, just get me, just, let's just keep going, because I don't want to go through that. But God says, no, because you won't be perfect. You won't be complete, whole and entire, lacking nothing if we leave brokenness or rotting. Or, you know, for example, uh, uh, an adversary just terrorizing throughout eternity, and there's never any peace or rest for us as believers, as the people of God. Mm-hmm. So that's good, Kyla. Absolutely. I was just going to ask Kyle if she could maybe um, expand a little. I think sometimes people, especially when they they read the word, they see God as um, um, a God of thou shalt not, mm-hmm. right? And they they get focused on that thou shalt not, thou shalt not, and he's 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 uh, almost like he's an evil dad or a mean dad or. Um, an angry dad denying the things of his children. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, Kayla, I mean, I know you, but maybe somebody else may not understand that. We say, well, God didn't. But isn't there a component of what God did? Yes. Right. So could you just kind of expand on how that made you feel as you went through it? Because that's part of what our journey is. As we continue to mature, we take these things of our history of what we've been through with him so we can change our focus to not what God didn't do, but what God did do. Maybe you could just kind of add that in to what your story was. Absolutely. Um, just a little backstory. <clears throat> I, I'm i going to school to be an engineer. And when I graduated high school, the Lord gave me the opportunity to get a full-ride scholarship. So that means my all my tuition, my lab fees, Everything's paid for. All I have to pay for are my books. And the Lord has provided in such a way that I've always had money to cover my books. And that it wasn't 
an expense. I didn't have to apply for financial aid or any of that or housing expenses. I still live with my parents, obviously. (laughs) Um, But, and the way I got the scholarship was totally only the Lord. Mm -hmm. I got it in a mystery email. I didn't even know the school existed. And then when we went back to look for the email on how, why we should apply to this school, the email was gone. And when I was talking to the coordinator, I told her, I was like, oh, do you guys send out emails, you know, telling possible students they want to, they should join and apply for the scholarship? She said, nope, never. And so that's part that God was good to me and he made a way so I could go to school for free and not have to take on a lot of financial debt. And also so my parents don't have to pay for school because I am the oldest and I have three other siblings. And after me, there's like boom, 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 back to back. There's a big, they're all close together. There's a five-year gap between me and the second oldest. But everybody else is very close together. And so before before I wanted to apply for financial aid this year, and I will go ahead and say this, I was being disobedient. I didn't know that I wanted to be an engineer. I was like, uh, well, see, Lord, all this math. I know I'm good at math, but all this math, God, how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. And I got discouraged in my mind and thinking that I couldn't do it. And not sure if I even wanted to do that. I, I said, Lord, I have all these other talents. I can do other things. I have, hmm? I have all these talents and gifts you've given me. I can do all these other things. I could use my gifts here. See? And be just as successful. I could still make a lot of money over here. But it's, it's not about the money. But the Lord knows what I like and what I don't like. And he's made it very clear, like especially over the past couple of months, that I like to be an engineer. I like seeing those things. And that's where not my heart is truly at, but where the Lord wants me to be and where I'll be fulfilled doing Mm -hmm. and before I went to apply for financial aid because I was being dumb uh Molly don't snicker oh well I was just surprised you said that word stated it so directly (laughs) go ahead sweetie well I was being dumb before I applied for financial aid the Lord said Kyla you're not going to get financial aid and of course it's like clearly I didn't hear you Lord (laughs) I need financial aid uh I don't have money anywhere else to cover this class. And so I didn't end up getting financial aid. And it was this whole roundabout method. I didn't even get a loan. Not a single penny in a loan. You know, they would try to do their best to get you in debt. And well, no, let's, not let's, a single let's loan. Let's clarify. They didn't even give you the option. Exactly. To apply for a loan. And then. In any of the paperwork. And the price that they said the what my expected family contribution was, it was a lot higher than when I enrolled in the school before the scholarship and everything. It's a lot higher than in-state tuition. So basically it was an impossibility. Exactly. I mean, the government, you know, they they want to help people with their education. So (laughs) they are very generous when when giving out loans. Maybe not so much with the financial aid part, but it's rare that they don't offer at least a loan when when someone applies for financial Mm -hmm. aid. But... They had all zeros. Yes, and all the people zeros. were like, I don't know. The Lord closed that door. He sure did. He really did. And I talked to the people at the school. They're like, I don't know. I've never seen this. And yeah, you should go back and change that. And then it was just like this whole process. And I had tried to apply for financial aid before because I just wanted money for my books to pay for my books outright instead of renting my books. And then they were asking for stuff they shouldn't have been asking for, like paperwork that I had no way of getting it or they were asking for stuff i'm like that does not apply to me why do you keep asking me and so i just left it alone the first time and then i needed to apply for financial aid this semester and no options whatsoever and i got bounced around talking to people about registration enrollment they even offered like well maybe you should call the financial aid like the government to figure it out so eventually i was like okay god I was being dumb, and I guess I had my own pride. I wanted to have my dignity, and there was that. 
Yeah, so Kyla basically just came to, in the effort, not mixing her faith with the what God, with mm-hmm. the word of God, because the Lord is the one who spoke to her about being an engineer. And she's had, you know, some struggles with accepting it because, like she said, she looked at, well, I could do this, I could do that, I could go, you know. She's been all over, you know, in thought, which happens to any believer that has a destiny track. We're like, well, God, well, I could do this, I could do that, you know. Um, and so in that process of not mixing her faith with the word of God that was spoken to her, um, she ended up having to retake a class. And that's where the need for financial aid came in because what God provided was exactly what we had petitioned him for based on the information that he provided to us. He said, ask me for this. We asked him for that. He provided said, said things. So the, the scholarship was enough to pay for everything. And then he had money come from other sources to pay for her books, none of which was me and John's pocket, by the way. It was because that was also a part of the petition, mm-hmm. um, the petition to the Lord, because he understands. He put our family together. He knows who we are. But also he, just petitioning the Lord that he would take care of what he had asked uh, or required of Kyla, or asked her to do in full, because our, our Lord always makes a way. So mm-hmm. um, and can we come alongside and, and assist? Yes, but I don't mean but to negate it. Well, we know our God. And if he asks us to do something, he already supplies everything he knows we are going to have need of. So that's why we asked in the method and manner that we asked. Oh, two more things. Okay. The Lord, it was something the Lord taught me in, like within the last three months, I'd say. Something the Lord taught me before the whole financial aid instance. Mm -hmm. He told me the date that the program was created in 2017. And that's where I was getting ready to finish up my regular high school work and go ahead and get my college credits. That was one of the requirements to graduate from our home school. Mm -hmm. And the mission statement was to help diversify the STEM workforce, but also just the timeline when it was created. And I thought, sure, the Lord had me in mind somewhere along. I was like, you could go to this program, not that the Lord actually created the program just for me. And when the Lord told me that, my mind was blown. I was like, God, why would you create a whole program just for me? And I guess some people might seem that as arrogant, like me saying that, but it's true. And even talking to the director, she's like, you fit every qualification for the program. And just like, and I help her with some things with the Lord's help and the Lord ministering to me and telling me to pour in into what to do concerning the program. But just that thought that the entire program was created just for me and people were blessed as a result of God doing something for me. Not I was an afterthought and the Lord just, oh, you can go here. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the last minute. It was predestined. Yes. And, Yes, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 30 says, mm-hmm. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. So that, mm-hmm. that's taking us process to process, phase to phase. God has prepared and predestined the journey that will be on, the good works for us to walk in. So he's taken care of it, but he needs us to cooperate with him and to trust him in what he's doing. And the principle and the concept of God doing things for other, yeah, there's other people that were blessed by this program, and they're going to continue to be blessed yeah, because absolutely. that's the kind of God we serve. But we know by one man's obedience, right, we're reaping salvation now, one man's death on the cross, where yes. everybody is has the opportunity to come into reconciliation with mm-hmm. the Heavenly Father. We know that he takes the principle of one and uses it to bless many. We can rewind and go back to Noah. Noah believed God. He was the one found righteous. And yes, his family was found with him and saved with him, but he was the one that God gave, as in the the singular, that God gave the instruction, build this ark, and I'm going to save the whole world through you. Right? And then go back a little bit forward, we see Abraham. Abraham was one person, but we are inheriting 
the efforts of his faith today. By faith, we are the seed of Abraham. We are inheritors of the blessing. We're able to come in and enjoy the blessing of God because this man believed, right? And this woman, and you know, we've talked about that in the past. Don't give up on the destiny track that God has for you because you don't know who else God is destined and ordained to be blessed through your actions, through what you're doing. Finish the course. Finish the race. Do everything it is that God is asking you to do. At the very least, you'll get a well done, now good and faithful servant. <laughs> but at the most, you'll be able to get crowns and rewards in heaven because now all of these things are going to be accounted to you. All these blessings, all these um, works, if you will, that are tried by fire to see what quality they if are. They stand. Exactly. These things are going to be added to us. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek mm-hmm. him. But the first part is, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay? Yes. You have to believe what he's saying to you. He planned good for the children of Israel the whole time. But their unwillingness to believe him and cooperate with him caused them to experience that blessing in a very choppy way. And they had some defeats along the way. And they some of them died in the wilderness and never even got to see the blessing. Moses just got to look at it with his eyes. And even though it was full of strength and vigor, had to lay down and die. I guess time for you to die. Get up here on the mountain. You can look at it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So we have the option to walk with God and trust him. You know, we were recounting some some testimonies in between um, before the the podcast today, just talking about the faithfulness of the Lord and how he works things out and he will protect us. He will protect his promise on the inside of us. He is working like his word will come to pass. And everything that he does is in line with fulfilling his word because that's who he is. That's just who our heavenly father is. Mm-hmm. And when we allow him to be God, the good daddy that he is, we'll see, oh, I saw those people. They were really trying to do this, that, or the other. But for some reason, they just couldn't. And God protected me and got me right to the destination and the checkpoint And even though I had an idea in my head, I had my own agenda, my own idea, when I laid it down and took instead what God wanted, I'm so satisfied. I'm so blessed by it. And, you know, we can we see God's plan working out and it'll work when we cooperate with him. So it's important that we don't forget that. And our ideas are bad in our flesh. (laughs) There dwells no good thing. I mean, an idea that's generated by the human flesh and will versus the idea that God, the idea that God has his will. When there is a, a conflict between them, our idea is the one that has to lay down and we have to take what God wants and bring everything to him and let him fix or um, correct what needs to be corrected. Bring it back into alignment. Absolutely. Well, and, and as far as bringing it back into alignment and then laying down what we need to be laying down and trying to tie this back into Daniel and time, because time is not an accurate tool for us to use. Absolutely. Our, our, our heavenly father, our daddy, right? We were thinking of our daddy who loves us immensely. And we're special children. Mm-hmm. Wants the best for us, but he created time. There really, mm-hmm. there is no time for him. For man. Yeah, so we, we time we had just have to stop that whole thing with time. So, um, you know, when you uh, for when you're, when you're driving your car and one of the lights on the dash becomes red or yellow, telling you something's going on, um, and even now more more easy to understand uh, when we talk about correction, mm-hmm. we have cars that tell us if we're drifting out of our lane, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, if the car tells us we're drifting out of our lane, do we get mad at the car? <laughs> no. Well, some people may, yeah, but most people don't. What well, actually, we actually appreciate that, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's good because I didn't continue to drift out of the lane and hurt somebody or myself or damage my car and go through mm-hmm. all this. Mm-hmm. So, it's, we 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 need to learn to take, and that's what I was really trying to pull out of you, Kyle, is that it wasn't that God was against me or God didn't or Thou shalt not. That mm-hmm. attitude of who God is, that is the warning light that we're out of our lane. Absolutely. And 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 the way to get back in our lane in that first and foremost is um, through praise and then remembering who God is and hanging on to his truth. And so that, as we look into Daniel, you know, he, there's, there's no 
we're not really seeing his unrest. And we see a span of two years happen, and we and we see further and all throughout this that you know just time he didn't let that become a factor for him because his relationship with his with his heavenly Father was such that he never let that come into it, which gave him clarity of thought and all. So just remember those 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 indicators that say get back in your lane. Anytime our thoughts are towards God about what he's not doing for us or what he didn't do for us or really put anytime we're in a negative emotion, whatever it may be, whether it's anger, whether it's fear, whatever it is, that's our indicator that we need to move in a different direction. And it always begins with praise and then it's followed up by reminding ourselves of who God is based on his word because that's true. And if that's what we look for, that's exactly what we'll see. Exactly. And then as we're talking about Daniel, uh, I'm really, um, I'll say captivated by that, the verse, verses 9 through 14, but specifically 11, and thir- 11 through 13, where it talks about what, or Daniel is informed of what is going to happen. That there is going to be this, um, we'll just call, call it the Antichrist, if you will, mm-hmm. that exalts himself as high as the prince of, of heaven. This is in verse 11. And then the daily sacrifices are taken away. The place of his, that is the Lord's sanctuary, is cast down. An army is given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices. And truth, he casts truth down to the ground. And even in spite of all this, he prospered. That is the Antichrist, the Satan, the adversary, the evil one. Mm-hmm. Why? Because, because the Lord allowed it to happen. Uh, no. What is what does verse twelve begin with? Uh, because of transgression. Because of transgression. Now we talk. We have spoken an awful lot of not giving the devil a foothold, a place in your life. We see the Lord explaining to Daniel the fullness, if you will, of what that looks like. And yes, there's also a prophetic, this is prophetic, right? So these things will happen. But why are they going to happen? Because of transgression, because of sin. Because that's what's been chosen. As opposed to truth. And as Kyla, you were pointing out, and Dean pointed out, putting the Lord in his place, his rightful place, exalting and magnifying and glorifying him and his name. (laughs) But then there's also hope, right? Because in verse 13, it says, I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one, right? So there's two, and they're talking, asking how long this vision will be about you know daily sacrifices transgression desolation giving of the sanctuary to be trampled and all right so in other words as i look at this there's there's two aspects right and again i don't want to go in the prophetic but understand this about our lord right and and about sin that easily entangles us and snares us and when we allow the devil to have that foothold, that place, havoc is wreaked to the point of now the, the basic things, if you will, and we see, we've seen this play out in Daniel, just his way of life and going about in his relationship with the Lord is challenged, it's threatened. Right? I'm not saying that we have to go and um, offer daily sacrifices, as it were, the the blood of rams and goats and and sheep and there's no pleasure in nope, that. that's mm-hmm. that's not it mm-hmm. but just the the basic the core elements tenets if you will of our relationship with the lord are challenged or threatened from from even being followed but there are there's still a remnant and you see that in 13 of people that will not bow the knee right that will continue to serve god that is their um, their purpose, but that's also the habit, the structure, the pattern that they have created in their own lives to hold the Lord above everything else. And it's an example for us, something that we need to 
understand and apply to our lives. Because it matters and it demonstrates our relationship with the Lord and it allows Him to shine even in the darkness. And He's going to shine in the darkness regardless. But He shines through us. Even in the worst situation, environment, whatever it is imaginable. We have to come into alignment with Him. Choose continuously. Purposefully. Choose Him over everything else. Any questions on that? No. All right. Well, let's pause there for today. And uh, so can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla, let's hear it. Lord, I just thank you for today and for giving us another opportunity to come to know you, Lord, to be reconciled back to you, Lord, and to esteem you and exalt you and behold you as our Lord and our Savior, Lord, and our King, God. I just thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord, as it continues to move in each and every one of our lives, Lord, and as you continue to send your Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth, Lord, and to show us things to come. So, Lord, I just thank you today for that, Lord, and for the things that you'll continue to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Dean, we're glad that you were able to join us and definitely appreciate the Lord and his insight and wisdom that he's given you. And in our discussion of the word. so, And for everyone else that's listening, we love you. We are keeping you in prayer and lifted up before him, always. So have a wonderful day, and God bless you. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.